0: Games Podcasts Welcome to the Games Explained Podcast where we talk about board games and we talk about Beanie Babies. Worth it? Worth it. We're your hosts, Dan, Ben, and Matt. How our podcast works is we start by talking about games we've played recently. Then we'll talk about the topic of the day, which today is games with few pieces and then we'll talk about games we wish existed so ben why don't you kick us off uh what have you been playing lately
1: uh lately i've been playing a decent amount of sushi go which is uh, for those that aren't familiar it's a um, pass and play game so everyone has a uh, hand of cards and you need to take out a piece of sushi as one of the cards and add it to your uh, meal in front of you and pass the remainder of the cards to the person next to you. Everyone's playing simultaneously, so it goes pretty quickly. Uh, you get a little bit of a taste of what's coming up or what other people might have access to. And so you can kind of try and sabotage or plan for the future that way. And it plays in three rounds of getting a hand of like, I don't know, seven or 10 cards or something like that. Uh, and everything stacks up. And so you can kind of have some chance to redeem yourself each round. And there's certain cards that last between them. Um, it's yeah, it's a nice, simple, quick game that, uh, uh, keeps everyone engaged. It's nice.
2: Uh, the, the last time that we introduced this game to, to a group of friends, they're like pretty, pretty intense gamer people. Uh, we introduced it to them and they really enjoyed it. But the comment of one of them was like, Oh, this is a simple little nothing game. As they oh were playing, it. it was like, <laughs> oh, harsh. wow, meaning to say like, oh, this is like it's it's pretty chill, like you could be competitive with it, but like you don't need to like really push yourself and you know, it's it's easy to play and it's like 15 minutes from start to finish. But her way of summing that up was it's a simple little nothing game is <laughs> very funny. But yes, that is a great game. Very aesthetically pleasing uh, artists art, artistry on the cards. Each of the little nigiri are smiling back at you as
0: you uh, lay them out on your tray to, to consume them. It's it's ironic giving uh, a piece of food that used to have a face a different face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, totally.
0: When I play awesome. Sushi Go, I, I have to set the meta. So at the beginning, like, go for the sashimi. Go for the expensive green ones because... Basically, only one person can go for the green ones in a certain round. And if you establish yourself as the one who's getting green on the first round, the second round, you can probably pick up some nice things before you start going for green because everyone's going to be like, oh, there's no point competing. Like, they're just going to go green again. Interesting. That's a a risky move.
2: See, you got to go dumplings. Yeah, that's pretty risky. You got to go dumplings because dumplings do not... It doesn't matter how many you have; you still get points, but they yeah. get exponentially better as you get more of them. So you get one, you get one point. You get two, you get three points. Three is like six or something. Goes up to like fifteen points. Yeah. It's amazing. So, there is the risk are... there,
1: though, that everyone's got the same plan. Though they figure, like, this gets me something no matter what. I I, I feel like I'm halfway between you guys. I go for the ones that are the the. Um, you need three of them together or whatever, and I just try and grab them as fast as possible, and then I mellow out and just grab whatever little points I can get here and there afterwards.
0: Big risk. You
1: gotta... I mean,
0: dumplings are non-committal. Yeah, that's how I live my life, apparently. (laughs) 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 It's not... (laughs) Sushi Go...
2: Well, I take that back. Sushi Go is not an emulation of how I live my life. Sushi (laughs) Go is how I play Sushi Go.
0: It's uh, like we play games to live a fantasy, right? In my fantasy life, I'm just... Not i can't make decisions <laughs> <I wish laughs> in, my
2: fantasy life. in my real life, I make all kinds of decisions i don't I don't remember who in my family has this wonderful device, but I inherited a giant like three foot tall cribbage board, which is basically an end table from my grandma, or my great uncle, or something, and so uh, my dear wife and I have been playing a, a a good deal of cribbage lately, and the pegs are like the size of my finger. It's it's <laughs> it's very nice. It's 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 uh we, we we drag it outside now that there's nice weather uh, here in the in the peg as we call it. It's like twenty five degrees outside. You sit out. You sit out with a nice iced beverage.
0: Is and, it? Uh, does it have legs? Like, is it, it has, furniture?
2: it's basically furniture like it's giant and, yeah, I and it's, it's like a side table yeah it's like a side table it's like maybe 10 inches wide and like uh four feet long and it snakes <laughs> around in the middle and it's it's super cool and we also used to play it with these giant like i don't know 10 10 inch like playing cards but that's it's a little unyieldly, just to fit the, the fit the aesthetic of the playing on this giant cribbage board. But it's really hard to hold a hand of cards when they're like bigger than
0: your actual hand is. I love the cribbage. I cribbage. We feel like it needs that counting board. Like you have to move pegs <laughs> playing cribbage. You could play yeah. it with a pen and a piece of paper, but it makes it like it solidifies it in our mind as a special card game because you have oh yeah these fancy elaborate. Boards. I I think that's hilarious
2: yeah that's it's, it's totally it's totally true um, every time I find that every time I play cribbage I I need to relearn the rules because the scoring it's it feels like sometimes the scoring is just so whack and there's not it doesn't seem terribly intuitive how it scores it's like I remember there's pairs and I remember that there's 15s but beyond that, it's it's like I could say anything and
0: the people I'm playing with would believe me, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So And if the know. jack shows up here, it's this person's point. And if it shows exactly. up here, it's two points for that person. And the suit matters in this case, but not in this case. You you
2: nailed it. And that, that could be a total farce, and I totally believe you right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> Crippage. Yep. Uh, I recently got introduced to a game called, and this is, this is I'm told, the proper Latin pronunciation, uh, which is Ex Libris. Nailed it! Which uh, is a game where you're a librarian. Aw. Isn't that delightful? Uh, and this game tickles me because it uses lots of different parts of my brain at the same time. So it's a worker placement game, but the places you place your worker change each round. Some of them stick around. Um, And the, the points that you get aren't just like tokens, points, whatever. They are specific bookshelves where the types of book have different values for you and for other people, and it's different for this game. And where you place them in front of you spatially matters... Uh, almost more than anything. Hmm. So if your bookshelf is stable, uh, you get more points. If it has like a solid, you can draw a nice big rectangle in there, you get more points. Uh, if they are ordered A through Z properly, uh, you get more points. Within the letters, there's a numbering. So there's like, like three. Do we decimal? <laughs> it's not. It's not Dewey decimal. <laughs> it's just a single <laughs> digit. Uh oh. that would be I would not be surprised. Uh and so every single book has a proper place in your shelf, and uh but you have to build beside a card you already have. So if mm-hmm. you have an A and you have a C, you might want to play your C just so you get it down, because it's like it it's tough to get opportunities to place cards down, so you, you want to when you can. Mm-hmm. But maybe you'll get a B. So how right. long do you wait? How much do you mess up your shelf
2: now do you have to play all the cards that end up going through your hand or whatever or can you
0: choose not to if it'll mess up your point scoring you can just hold on to cards i i think as many as you want for however long you want so it's a valid strategy in the first round to just hoard cards and then hope that there are places for your workers to be placed where you can play more than one card. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's beautiful and fascinating, and uh, there's there there aren't too many rules other than the specific ones on the places where you place workers, but the core of the game is pretty straightforward. Uh, yeah. Ex Libris.
2: Nice. Is this one of the uh, big bundle of Kickstarter games that you got? No,
0: this is a friends
2: game. Oh, okay, okay. I'm I'm curious as to how that uh, stack is. Have you gotten through, I think there were six of them, right? Of those Kickstarter games that you got?
0: Yes. So we've played Ship Shape, uh-huh. which we talked about on a previous podcast. Go check yeah. out the podcast, youtube.com slash games explained. <laughs> 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 but uh, many, many of those games are still in the cellophane, as it mm-hmm. were. Just mm-hmm. waiting, waiting for waiting a for rainy day. day the perfect moment well that's a perfect segue that brings us right into our topic of the day which is games with very few pieces Ooh. Huh. so i'm curious i'm curious about games that have very few pieces how how do you get complex mechanics out of a game with very few pieces um can it still be beautiful can it still be interesting can there still be strategy
2: how how many pieces are we talking here? Because I uh, I have some kind of idea in my head, but I'm wondering if it's the same wavelength as you here.
0: Oh, I, uh, let's say uh, like a standard deck of cards, like 52, would be too many. That would be lots of pieces.
2: <laughs> okay, because a lot of the games that I'm thinking of are like a deck of cards. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like that's that's a compact game, uh, but there's a lot of Pieces technically to that game, um, but you're talking well, like, like a handful of pieces, meaning like a dozen ish
0: like or so, under thirty. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a continuum, but uh, yeah, one one game that I'm sort of thinking of that might be towards that upper bound um, and is kind of a card game, but uh, Love Letter. It's definitely a very compact game. It comes in a little pouch, but there's only, what, like 20 cards or something and then maybe like 10 or 15 little wooden blocks, something like that, maybe a couple other pieces. Hmm. Um, and that's a reasonably complex game. It's, it's a lot of like card counting you have to do and um, you have to know like, okay, someone played this card that could mean that they have this other card that forced their hand to play this the first card. And uh, yeah, so there's a decent amount of Complexity there just from that, you know, memorization perspective. Yeah, Mm a
0: fair bit of, uh, like, deductive reasoning required to play it. Because I I haven't played Love Letter, but
2: I get the impression that there's enough pieces that your your moves have some secrecy, but you're also somewhat able to card count. It's not so overwhelming that you can't strategize in that way.
1: Right, yeah, because you you play through the entire deck as part of your game, so you know what cards exist for everybody. Uh, and minus you know what one, everyone I has think. played minus one okay that, that makes yeah. sense for, for keeping it a little bit more uh, um, tougher to, to just explicitly count it but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but often
0: like you won't get to the end so you'll know yeah oh we've already seen the princess oh we've already seen the king uh, here's a game that has 16 17 18,
2: 19 pieces <laughs> and it's called Boggle oh Boggle <laughs> Because Boggle has 16 die, dice, die, dice, dice is plural, has 16 dice, dice. D- D- <laughs> dice. <laughs> I confused dice. myself Dices. Yes. I <laughs> yes, yes, Dees. deese, Um. <laughs> D-E-E-S-E, anyway, um, it has 16 dice, it has uh, a, a thing that holds the dice in its 4x4 grid. It has the lid to that so you can put it on and shake it up and it's got a timer. Oh, and I guess you got like pads of paper and pencils for you to write down stuff if you need to. So more than 19. But but um, that game has like the fact that there are 16, like the main pieces that we're talking about with that game are the 16 dice. But what, what makes that game complex in its simplicity is the fact that Each of those 16 dice, I think, are slightly different from each other. Each of them have six different sides to them. And so the permutations you can get from shaking around this thing and ending up with all these different options, let alone where they end up spaced in all of the different potential spaces on the grid. um, I mean, the chances of getting the same layout from shaking it one time to the next are so tiny that, that... you know, you can play unique games of of Boggle every time you play it. You know,
0: um, oh, so let's do that math. Let's do that math. Do it. <laughs> so uh, I, if there's six six faces on sixteen dice, that would be six uh-huh. to the power of sixteen uh, options. But spatially, uh-huh. uh that complicates
1: it a whole bunch because they influence each other. Then, so you have to. I think it's sixteen factorial.
0: Times that previous number,
2: right? Because that, uh, yeah, you could have that permutation, but it could be shifted into a different
0: position. Oh, then you'd have sixteen factorial different ways, right? Some of them you'd have to divide by four for the symmetries (laughs) or something.
1: Yeah, it definitely is a complicated thing. (laughs) Check the show notes
2: for for the answer to our (laughs) question.
1: No, that's
0: we can't. We're not. I'm not going to take that time. comment if, if you, you want to see it let is.
1: us know and we'll maybe we'll do an editorial about it
0: yeah there you go <laughs> uh here's another classic game that is very few pieces and i i believe i'm pronouncing it this correctly because there's an exclamation point at the end uh but it's the game
1: sorry <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you have to scream it i, I believe thank you, thank you for it. not screaming the mic. Though. <laughs> yes <laughs> uh so that game each player has uh two i'm gonna call them meeples even though they are older than the term meeple uh and then uh two dice for everyone to share and i think that's that or are are there cards in sorry
1: how long has it been since i I played sorry i don't think so i I thought it was four 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 things that they had to move around maybe i'm thinking of a different game it's a game where there's like a whole bunch of variations on it right it's like over 100 years old or something so
2: yeah, there is a de- I just googled a picture of it. There is a deck of cards.
0: So I take, uh, I take everything I said back. You've been foiled. I take my pronunciation back. <laughs> <laughs> a a uh, a
2: a very uh, a very vanilla house rules version of the game where you lost the deck of cards it could be a simple game. And there's four pieces per person.
0: Four, like four on the board at a time. Damn. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's that's like almost backgammon levels of decision making. <laughs> yep. I'm 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 joking but I'm also not joking. It's per- basically backgammon because you roll but then you choose which one you want to move. Right. Yeah, that's true. I didn't realize Sorry was just backgammon. Sorry <laughs> for breaking it to
2: you.
1: Oh. While we're on the trend of uh older games, there's I feel like there's a lot of stuff that's you know a lot of older games had that simplicity that that could go with just a few pieces like you know snakes and ladders kind of thing but there's also like that whole genre of games that's like pen and paper games where literally you just need a pen and paper or maybe a couple pieces of paper and a couple pens uh mm-hmm. games like um dots and squares where you have a, a grid of like 10 by 10 dots and you take turns drawing lines and trying to complete boxes and mm-hmm. and going that one i've Feel like is a game that has a reasonable amount of complexity even though it's just pen and paper
2: yeah tic-tac-toe telestrations mm-hmm. all those good
0: things monikers
2: i i don't know that i've ever played
0: that oh or the bowl game it would be called the bowl game as well there's a few other like localized oh sure yeah it's a, it's the game where you you act out different characters And then there's more and more restrictions for how you can portray information. Of course, yes. Until it's just your head poking out over the back of a couch Mm -hmm. and you can't use any sound or any part of your body that's not your head. (laughs) It's great. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun.
2: Uh, I have some travel versions of a couple games which are nothing like (laughs) the original game but have very few pieces. They come in these... Uh, I have two of them. I have a Monopoly travel version and a Scrabble travel version. And basically, the, um, it comes in this, like, very small, flat cylinder of, like, plastic. And you open the lid, and there's this little board in it. For th- Okay, so let's talk about when- this Monopoly thing first of all. It's got this little board in it. So it has these 12 dice. And on the different sides of this dice are different values or, or, or different colors like so for example the the, the the board that you put it's this board that has dice holes in them where you put the dice in kind of somewhere to where you put the dice into, into the boggle board um, except some of the dice holes are colored for example dark blue for the boardwalk park place equivalent doesn't say those but it just has dark blue or like brown and purple for the cheap ones you know um and then the sides of the dice have the different colors in it um and the the colors have the value of a monopoly in that color represented in it and it's it's basically like a um what do you call that kind of game where you um you keep rolling and risking until you decide to opt out it's like a it's like chicken with dice i don't like know like a push look you, luck. you yeah, it's a push your luck game. So um, and some of the sides are the guy blowing the whistle, like go to jail. So mm, you can oh. keep rolling the dice as many times as you want. and whenever you want, you can put the dice into the sections on the board. And once you have enough to make a m- monopoly in that section, you make the value of that monopoly. but you don't make any money if you don't complete it. And uh, there's there's different mechanics for chance dice being up on the on the dice and like hotels and stuff. But yeah, if you get three policemen, then your turn is over. You get zero money, and it's the next person's turn. You you scrap the board and go again. So you just take turns pushing your luck and making money each round. It's n- nothing like uh, actual Monopoly, except so you that it, you,
0: build it uses the colors. Like your next turn doesn't depend on your previous turn at all. No, you just push your luck on your turn, and
2: when you decide to opt out just... and cash in, you opt out and cash in. Oh, but yeah, that amazing. being said, yeah, you have 12 dice and you have this board, and that's all you get.
0: well <laughs> i'm I'm gonna one up your game and by one up, I mean 10 down uh because this game is past the pigs, which is basically identical to what you described, but only two dice and those dice are pigs. And that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just push your luck. you roll these pigs based on how they they, they are tiny pig figurines. Based on uh-huh. how they land, they're with different points, and you push your luck. That's it. Wow, it's so <laughs> good. Or for a more modern version, there's a sutaku. Uh, which excellent is, pronunciation!
2: You're very cultured. This episode,
0: I, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm doing my very best. Uh huh. So that's kind of the same, but you have more dice. And you roll some of them and stack them. And then roll some more and stack them on top. And mm-hmm. each time... Uh, the, the numbers have to be going up. So each time you place a die, there are fewer numbers mm-hmm. you could roll that still fit on top. Uh, and then you push your luck that way.
2: I mean, basically any game that, that is like this, where you're, where you're rolling dice in this way, like the most universal example would be Yahtzee, right? You have five dice. And you just pass them around. and it's the same kind of thing. like you're you're hoping for this combination of dice to fill up this um, combination that you're looking for to make points and you have to make that combination before the the, the game is over. But you really all you really need is a, are those five dice and something to record your
0: results on. Have you have either of you ever played a game where uh, I think one person has one or two dice? and they are rolling them as fast as they can and the next person in the circle has a pen and is frantically trying to write numbers from 1 to 100 on a piece of paper everyone has their own piece of paper but there's one pencil and then when you roll the right number on your dice you grab that pencil and frantically start like continue writing the numbers 1 to 100 (laughs) and whoever gets to 100 first wins have you played that game I mean, this This does sound extraordinarily familiar. Isn't it like Mennonite something? Mennonite something. I don't know. (laughs) I can't remember the name.
2: It's like Mennonite
0: gambling. I know because it's like, ooh, (laughs) Mennonites don't gamble or something like that, you know? (laughs) That game, uh, playing as a a teenager, is hilarious because it's a little violent. Like, you're getting that pen. It is now your pen. Yeah, and and if it's your turn to roll those dice, you are like you're you're not casually giving the dice to the next person. You do not care. You're grabbing that pen, and it's up to them <laughs> to like crawl over and get those dice and go back and start or roll them wherever they happen to be to get yeah. that number, and then grab the pen. Uh, most frantic way of writing numbers from one to a hundred I've ever experienced.
1: <laughs> so just to clarify is there one set of numbers being written or does each person have their own set of numbers
0: each person has their own set of numbers Gotcha. Hmm. it is a race that does
2: sound extraordinarily familiar it's like a youth group thing to do <laughs> uh, We got we got a lot of good examples of games where we don't use much and there is definitely a common theme in it in that most of those have dice involved Hmm. Oh, in making in making them few pieces even boggle. Yeah. And not yeah, special not nice in the traditional advice. sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay, in, in pasta pigs do you use like actual pigs little I mean like
0: little little pig figurines or what are you using? They are little pig figurines. They're a little bit squishy. <laughs>
1: But they're designed to sit on six different sides, though, right? Maybe not quite as evenly. um, Oh, what are the ways? So they can be on one side,
0: which doesn't have a dot, and the other side, which does have a dot, and then they're standing up, and then there's up on the snout, and then there's diagonally up on the snout. And it's (laughs) fun because uh, the odds are totally different. Like diagonally up on the snout. When that happens, you rejoice. Because you hit the jackpot. Yeah, that's
1: got to be pretty rare.
2: That's great.
0: So a, a game with very few pieces that does not have dice or randomness is uh, Quarto. So Quarto is is kind of like uh, Tic-Tac-Toe. So it's a two-player game, but it's on a 4x4 four four grid. And instead of uh, you playing X's and your opponent playing O's, there is an array of 16 pieces which are all unique uh there's four properties uh and every combination is shown so four times four 16 and -hmm. what's unique is that you don't pick which piece you play you pick which piece your opponent will play and your Mm, goal is to get a line uh, of of matching pieces so there's some property about them that matches yeah, so they have those four properties. So there's uh, shape, oh. color, fill, height. That sounds like four properties to me. Oh, yeah, I said fill. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so if you get four four in a row that are all the same color, then you win. Uh, but your opponent chose which piece you're going to play. You just choose where it goes. So, okay, so th- so when you start playing, the grid is blank.
2: And you have all sixteen options available to you. Yep, and so you. And hand... it doesn't matter if I am the person who plays the winning piece; I win. It's not like I am X's and you are O's, or right. I am this That's type right. of fill and you are this type of fill.
0: You just need to be the person who completes uh, a line. Mm. Interesting. So there's got, it's got some uh, connect four uh, qualities to it there. Uh huh. Oh, it's nice so it's it's deterministic like there's no there's no random elements. the random element is your opponent uh, there's only sixteen pieces on a board, but uh, a large amount of variability and strategy hmm.
2: that's cool i my favorite part about that is that there yeah, like you said, um, chance doesn't really play a role in it except in maybe playing rock, paper, scissors beforehand to see who starts playing. <laughs> yep. All right, what do we want to see in this world of games where we only use one or two or
0: 16 or 40 pieces? Oh, well, I'm, I'm curious how much strategy you can get out of very few pieces. So if we go all the way to one piece, we get uh, spin the bottle, which uh, <laughs> there's no there's no there's excitement but there's no strategy like it's not it's not really like Mm -hmm. it's not really a game so maybe 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 one piece is too tough
1: well i mean but there with the pen and paper games it's it's possible like you can end up having drawing your your board game out and your pieces out on the paper like there's ways that you can use a piece and extend its um utility in in a game in creative ways
2: yeah, like you're, you're, you, you have the ability in that case to adapt it such that it can be many things, basically, but it's still one thing.
1: And maybe a pen is a bit cheating there because you can use it to, to make whatever you want, essentially, but, um, <laughs> maybe,
0: yeah, that's well, a, that's a you, continuous
1: system. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, then you could think about when we talk about, um, games where you have, for example, like we said with Boggle, where there's dice with, you know, sixteen unique dice, each with unique sides. Well, does each side count as a piece in in this game? Because they're all different from each other. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 the same thing. Where <laughs> I'm going to start again because Matt's looking at me funny. I'm so. so I'm going re- <laughs> to rephrase what I'm saying. You could have a game where you have two pieces to play it, a pen and a piece of paper, but you could make like almost anything with it. Well, you could have a game where you have two dice, but there are six sides to each dice. So is that really like 12 pieces like in that you can combine them in different ways to do something different? Is that cheating in our, in our sense of the word of
0: um, games with few pieces so I I think what you're talking about is uh w- like what would be the most interesting game with the fewest states. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um because
2: yeah, like it's it's the complexity that that makes Boggle interesting. If there were only 16 letters and you just mixed up 16 letters in a in a 4x4 grid, that would be much
0: less interesting than being able to have all that much more variety and like a, yeah. a pen and paper uh or especially a pencil and paper mm. you have pretty much limitless possibilities but if you go for a light bright uh now you have discrete <laughs> dots and discrete colors and so even though it's still millions and trillions of possibilities it's 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 narrowed down a bit
1: mm-hmm. Well, I think that's that's interesting that, you know, the, the number of states in the elements themselves is one thing, but um, a lot of the games that we came up with, there's a, a certain element of the creativity or the, um, you know, the randomness of the other player that, that is a factor, like the, um, you know, the having a few tiles and, and picking a tile for the other person or, the, you know, rolling... The rolling the dice and determining when to stop and, and that kind of thing. There's a lot of, a lot of ways that just having that human factor be emphasized in the game um, can help lead to a lot more variation and complexity even if what's on the table is very simple.
0: Yeah, Coup would be a good example of that where there, mm-hmm. there are only like three cards per roll and five rolls or something. Um, and the... The intricacy comes from uh player's behavior because it's a bluffing game. So you can do the action of the hidden card you have and you know what it is, but you could pretend to have a different card and do that action and hope no one calls you out on it. Mm-hmm. And so the player, the the, the the play space of the player's mind has a lot more states than, than just the board itself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So maybe...
2: We could make a simple game that's like poker, but with like 10 cards <laughs> where you're, where you're, you're bluffing with like a very limited amount of information. That's basically what coup is. That's,
0: that's what Skull is.
2: What's, what's Skull?
0: The card game Skull. Uh, you can play it with a standard deck of cards um, or you can support the designers. I encourage that. Uh, but <laughs> each person has four cards. Three of them are red, those are roses, and one is black, that's a skull. And basically you, you take turns putting car, you, cards from your hand face down on a stack in front of you. And at some point someone starts bidding, which is a bid to see how many cards they can flip over without getting a skull. Hmm. So most of the cards that exist are roses, so your odds are pretty good, but players are pretty motivated to put a skull in. And you Bluff. So even if I have one card in front of me, it's a skull. I can still start the bid at two. Uh, and then the next person will think, oh, he's bidding. Probably he put down a rose. I'm going to bid right. three. <laughs> and that's that's almost all the rules of the game. Uh, if you get called on your bluff, you lose one of your cards. Uh, it might be random or it might be you choosing if, if it was your own bluff that was called or whatever. That's great. Two points. Yeah. At that point, you are treating
2: the other person's brain as a piece of the game as well. Uh, which so adds funny. all kinds of variety because you could play against many different people and they all think differently and they all have different strategies and different ways of, of, different, different levels of risk taking and different ways of showing their tells and all these things too.
0: Different amounts of stamina. Uh, I've played with younger kids who, uh, just want to get the bid all the time because it's the most interesting thing to do. Mm. That that's like so, winning to them sometimes. So good, <laughs> winning the bid. So even if it means picking up a skull. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll talk about one final one final game if we have time. Yeah, just kidding. We do as a podcast. Like, where are you going? You're like on a bus <laughs> or something. It doesn't matter. Just hit pause. I don't care. We have less time. Uh, it's two rooms and a boom. Yeah. So it's a it's a social deduction game, and each player has one card, which is their role for this whole ten minute game. Uh, you have one card, and then there's one card for one room and one card for the other room for the leader, uh, and that's it. Keep keep track of time on your phone. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And you're just you're just like.
2: Basically, all it is, is I have a role and I'm figuring out other people's roles.
0: And that's that's all you need. And like, who do you trust? Who do you talk to? Is that person acting shifty? Are they acting shifty because they want me to think they're acting shifty, but really they're on my team, but they don't
1: want me to know yet. So, you know, we've talked about how like the human element is uh, can be a really interesting factor in these, you know, low element games Uh, I'm curious if there's a way that we that you know a game could exist where there is a heavy focus on the small amount of things that exist in the game like I'm thinking of um you know something where the people are are using the meeples they still have you know agency in the game and and so it's not fully deterministic like uh snakes and ladders kind of thing but something where like you each have a meeple on the table, you know, similar to uh two rooms in a boom where like you have the card, you, you just have the one piece that you're interacting with. And somehow you have to like have a race to the end of a thing, but you have to, you know, the, I don't know, the, the last one there wins or something like where you have to do something interesting where you have to compete with the person and how you get there.
0: You could have a game with very few pieces. If you add a physical component, like, you could play Candyland, but instead of rolling that die, you uh, arm wrestle. <laughs> it's
2: the most yes. manly
0: version of Candyland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: you 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 play slaps with each other's forearms until somebody gives up, <laughs> and and you only play one one round of Candyland, and then it's over. So it seems like mechanics wise, most of these few pieces games, there's something else. It's a random element or it's met or it's a player's psychology or it's something dexterity based or, or something that adds variety to that piece or extra utility to that piece because otherwise you'd have a very uh, stale and solved game. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have yeah. if you have few pieces and not much to do with them, that doesn't stay a game for very long because you're going to find out a dominant strategy, and that's going to be what you do all the time, and it will be very interesting. But to find some way to make it competitive despite the 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 small number of of things that you're dealing with, I think is
0: what makes these games uh, special and worth playing. Mm yeah it doesn't uh it doesn't take much to to make a compelling experience it doesn't take Mm -hmm. a lot of equipment well that's our podcast thanks for listening in uh you can find us at youtube.com slash games explained and see our rules videos and all our other stuff uh tune in next time when we talk about games and we talk about stationary bicycles (laughs) where are you going (laughs) see you next time (laughs) Hey, thanks for stopping by. You can see the rest of our content at youtube.com slash games explained where we have rules videos, editorials, and these podcasts. See you next time.